BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land. Brother Boggs giving you a quick intro. Pretty Mike forgot that he was talking with Captain Kaufman of Core Events today. Check out Core Events on Facebook, Instagram, and more. They've got some awesome events, both live and virtual, throughout the year, including starting July 1st, the Bicycling Challenge. Check it out in the links. So how you been? Oh, busy, crazy, doing lots of stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, find that I'm putting on a lot more events than I'm participating in these days. Whether or not that's good or bad, I haven't fully decided, but... <laughs> It, yeah. it seems like there's less of the types of events that I want to do to begin with. Like Washougal doesn't exist. Yeah. They're saying Montana might not exist next year. Everything's a trifecta weekend or nothing at all. And yeah. the only one that I know of that's really coming to town is Rugged Maniac. Yeah, I think so. I, I Well, I know, I mean, well, that's for Portland. I know up here in Seattle, we get in September, we get the trifecta weekend. Mm-hmm. but i mean it's one of those things it's kind of and it sounds bad to say this i've said this for other people it's the same place at the same time it's, it's the same same old same old i yeah. mean they used to do it twice a year in the same spot and it's like you know i know it's not easy to find venues but come on but even still having the trifecta weekend there it's great sure you got all three races in one weekend but it's like that means it's only one weekend yeah and that's all we get there's, so there's a whole year worth of events we need to fill up. Yes. And we get one weekend. Yeah. Which drives me nuts, which I mean, it's great to see that, you know, your, you know, core, core events. I mean, I'm seeing more and more. You got the donut run. I did see that yep. one. And, and there's that's a couple the other ones. Next, that's the next in-person event coming up. Yeah. So you're getting more out there, which is great because that's one of the biggest things that we've been complaining about. We pretty much already started recording, by the way. I mean, whatever. It you know. kind of gave me a notice as I joined the meeting yeah. that it was recording. Yeah. So, so by the way, everyone, listeners, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking to Jeremy Kaufman from Core Events. So, but it is nice to see that you're putting on some events because that's been one of our biggest complaints right now is we we don't get anything up here in the Northwest. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was someone who just posted, I think it was on the OCR buddy, you know, what, how do you feel about, you know, whether the future of OCR? And I'm like, right now in the Northwest, it's in its death throes. Yeah. You know, I mean, we get Spartan once a year, we get Tough Mudder once a year. Um, Rugged only comes to Portland, doesn't even come up to Seattle anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we might get the terrain races, maybe, but those are <laughs> questionable at best. Um, yeah. You know, we get some of the local ones, which are fun and a blast, but I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't get a lot of that stuff. I mean, there's more, some adventure race kind of stuff. Like, you know, in a couple of weekends, I'm doing the, the Sisu Pacific Northwest Sisu, which I mean, is a blast if you've never done that one. Yep. Um, you know, I'm going to do Ragnar later in the year, but other than that, that's just a running event really with a bunch of people in a van, which if you don't have a good group, it's horrible, but luckily I usually have a good group. So, but I mean, other than that, we don't get I mean, we just get normal running events. We don't get the, you know, the stuff that we're looking for. But sure. you're, so you're, you've been bringing a few of those. So if you've got the donut ones, the one coming up mm-hmm. in August, correct? It's uh, in October. October. Why was I thinking August? I don't know. Um, in August, we're running around Mount Hood again. We do that every year, but 
That one sounds fun. How far is that? It's a 40-mile run with 10,000 feet of gain. That Takes sounds... Pretty much all day. I could see that being an all-day thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I could bring more obstacle course racing type stuff to everyone. Um, I know Muddy Valentine, Dirty Leprechaun through Terrapin Events, I kind of helped out with that this year. And then um, for anyone who knows Ty Collins, he has a, a great property now that he just uh, bought, I want to say last October, November timeframe. And he's been building up an obstacle course there. And uh, it's pretty legit, some cool stuff. And every time we go, he's built more. And they actually have a uh, like community volunteer day coming up where some of us are, I don't know if I can go or not, but some of us are going over there and helping build the course gonna run a couple laps and then do like a barbecue because it's summer and why not oh yeah i should reach out to ty that sounds like an awesome event because that is one of the things i mean i'd love to see more out here i mean even you know we're seeing some of the groups out here that were really big for a while have kind of you know and i know covid you know and the whole pandemic and things shutting down kind of took a lot of that away from us but at the same time it's like well that's you know over or whatever you know so i mean we need to I think start getting back together and doing all that stuff, something like that, going to help tie would be an amazing thing just to get people together again. That's what I miss the most. I think is the community. Uh I mean, the events were great, but the community was amazing. And you don't get that. If you just go up to like a hot chocolate 5k or something like that, there's none of that community that you get. It seems with the, the, the more endurance type and obstacle type racing. Yeah, I mean, typically you're you're not gonna do a hot chocolate 5K and then travel somewhere else to do a hot chocolate 5K unless you were really really into it, and then maybe you might, and if you did, you might find a couple other people who do the same thing as you, but the chances of it are are not yeah. quite as high as there was in obstacle course racing, but yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of that's one of the things I think most of us miss the most. So, how many events do you have per year? So I actually have four in-person and four virtual. We actually just finished up um, one of our virtual ones. It's called May We Run. It's actually the longest event that I've been doing long before I even started core events. Um, Mm -hmm. Started the May We Run challenge in 2017. And the goal of it is to run at least a mile a day, run or walk um, at least a mile a day dedicated to the challenge so like i always tell people if you have a warehousing job or whatever you can't just start your watch and walk all day in your job and call that as um legitimate uh you have to do it dedicated to the challenge and it's every day for the entire month of may for those who typically go on longer types of runs and like their recovery days and different things it's a pretty tough challenge to do to actually be consistent and hit that mile every single day I know there are people out there who do a mile or even a 5k every day and have like 700 plus run streaks going on those those people are fine those people are out there I believe even you are one of those people I am I think I'm on I hit a thousand days in April so I'm I'm somewhere I think I'm at a 1100 somewhere around there but it's one of those it's but I call them purposeful miles mm-hmm. it's like you say it can't be like oh hey you know like I pace when I teach so half the time I end up walking like three miles while I'm teaching in a day sure. but I don't count that it's got to be I purposefully went 
put on my watch and ran a mile, whether it be on the treadmill outside, you yep. know, whatever did something, you know, that's for exactly, that's yeah. exactly what May we run is for the duration of the month of May. That's a good one. I mean, it's a good one to get in that because what do they say? It takes 15 days to start a habit. Sure. So, I mean, that starts a habit and it's one of those things. And I do get what you mean by the, because I did for a while last year, I tried doing the 5k a day yeah. and that lasted, I got that. I, I think it was like six months, but after like six months of that, I actually noticed my mileage, my monthly mileage went way down because I wasn't getting any of the like rest days to be able to say, okay, this weekend I'm going to run a half marathon. And I'm like, my legs just can't do it because yeah. I've been running, you know, so you still need those rest days. Cause I even count like some of the times when I do a one, like a mile, it may not be a full out. It might be a jog or something like that. It's a little easier mile. It doesn't have to be a push, like go all out, but yeah, I mean, I at least do a purposeful mile every day. So like after I did trail mix, I think my, my, mile was like an 11 or 12 minute pace mile and I'm just like hobbling along my ankles can barely support my weight but you know I had to get that out there and do it and I actually set a goal this year because I've been doing it since 2017 um to do two miles every day this time and so that was a it was an interesting goal to hit took a little bit more time of some of the days where you're like barely fitting in a mile it's like okay how am I going to barely fit in two miles but I got them all done so yeah. And it's, it's a tough one. A lot of people don't think about it. I mean, they're like, Oh, just a mile. It's like, but when it's every day, it, yeah. it gets, there's been many times where all of a sudden it's like, I'm about to go to bed and I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> I got to go run a mile real quick. You know, I'll go out like, cause I do comedy and I'll do comedy and I'm like, okay, I have to go right to comedy after work. And then I finish comedy. I'm like, I haven't done my mile. I better go do it real quick before, you know, I go to bed. So, and yeah. it, it gets to be one of those that like, Oh man, you know, yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's good to keep yourself consistent and all that. Like I said, that was my biggest problem after Ironman is I was not, I was consistent on the one mile, but that was it. And I wasn't doing more than that. And that's where I kind of, you know, started having going backwards on some of my stuff. So now it's like, okay, time to look at the focus again, you know, maybe not focus on a hundred miles a month like I was, but mixing it up. I'm like now saying 50 miles a month. I want a hundred miles of like biking a month. And then I think it was like 10,000 yards of swimming. So I'm mixing it up. So there's not just running. I got other things in there. I think the, the thing you'll notice in um, athletes who are the best well-rounded or have an overall general fitness to use Ryan Atkins and Lindsay Webster as an example, they're not out there doing, you know, 20 mile runs every single day, if hardly ever, unless it's a race. I mean, 20 miles is a, is a longer distance. But they're doing, you know, skiing, trail running, rock climbing, uh, biking, whatever they're doing, they're constantly moving. And I can't say that they don't ever take a rest day, but active recovery, you know, it's something, even if it's just a walk with their dog, they're getting out and they're doing something consistently every day to be active. Because when you slow down and you stop doing things, that's when all the other health issues got start to, you know, attack. It is. And that's so true. I mean, it's one of those things like, um, I mean, I lost all the weight during COVID, but my biggest problem was I ran. I just ran. That's all I did. I didn't lift. I didn't run. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do anything but run. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, go do a Spartan race. And I'll pick up that really heavy, you know, Atlas ball. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. 
you know? So it's kind of one of those things I, I've really been thinking about it. Like I spent way too much time focused way too hard on the running and it's like, you need the overall, yep. you need the the running, you need the lifting. I mean, so now I've got, I just picked up a row machine. So I've got that now. So I can row, I can bike. I, you know, I've got, my wife's getting mad because I have multiple bikes now, but her dad keeps finding them at garage sales for cheap. I have three specialized now. So specialized and- is a good bike. I have three at all different types. One of them is a road bike. Then I have the S works, which is my tri bike. And that's the one I actually spent money on. And then, um, he just picked up a Sirius, which is a, like the, they call it the, the, Oh, what is it? The commuter. So it's not a mountain bike, but it's not a road bike. It'll go on gravel, but not like mountain bike. So I'm like, sure. oh. so this will be good for some of the places I go to, but now I just need the mountain bike. That's my next one. Make sure you get one that has full suspension. Yeah. Hard, hardtail is uh, pretty rough riding sometimes. It is, but that's what I grew up with, honestly. I, the, the, very first, I, the very first bike I had, I remember I was a teenager when I got the first one that had suspension, and I hated it. Yeah. Because I'd spent so much time hardtail, but now that I'm older, I'm like, no, I like the suspension because it's not that. I mean, you would, yeah, <laughs> I have shake a, yourself to death. I have a buddy who gifted me um, – his old Gary Fisher that he used to race with in the nineties. Yes. The bike, is, would... the bike is as old, if not older than I am. Yes. And I can't say much. Cause that's when I would have been riding them it's in the nineties. So yeah, me, it was always a uh, mongoose. That was the bike that I used in the nineties and in the nineties, that was like top of the line, but sure. now it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Mongoose is your uh, Walmart brand. Yes. Yes, it is. But in the nineties, like I said, it was top of that was the bike to have. So, but yeah. So we kind of stopped talking about your events, but let's go back to talking about what you got coming up. So in October, you've got the donut run, which sounds, it's one of those ones that sounds amazing at first. And then you think about it and it sounds completely horrible at the same time. Yeah. So let me give some (laughs) background on uh, what the great donut race is and, and how it came, came about. Um, Obviously in 2020 COVID hit Uh, for anyone who doesn't know the OCR gang is what my group of friends, we Mm -hmm. call ourselves. Um, Mostly people I met at the Ninja gym I used to work at and some other people have come and gone throughout the years. But basically, when COVID hit, we kind of said, okay, we're being forced to quarantine. Um, whether you agree with what we did or not, is, is what we did. And we said, hey, we'll only see you if you'll only see us and agree not to see other people or whatever. So they everybody worked from home or did their own thing. And then we got together and started doing events of our own. Um, the Great Donut Race was the first one. and um, I believe I was on here before talking about an event company at one point in time called All Train Events that I was running with um, a friend, Kapu and Taylor Overmiller. Mm-hmm. And um, basically what happened was we said, you pay $10 for a shirt, $10 for your donuts and $10 to a prize pot. And we're all going to race from my apartment to Krispy Kreme down a dozen donuts and race back. And that was kind of the first event that all terrain events put on and we considered it my event. And then we did an event that Taylor wanted to do and an event that Kapu wanted to do. And then Taylor moved away and we put on, you know, these three events and that was kind of what happened. And 
I kind of ran with it and this idea of, hey, our friend group wants these awesome events, let's keep putting them on. And then from there, everyone was like, hey, you should bring these to the public. So I've continued that wheel of doing events, um, not doing any of all-terrain events is things except for the one that was quote unquote my event, which would be the great donut race. And so the full event and probably the most fun one to watch is the 5k, eat a dozen donuts, run another 5k. Um, you can throw up, throwing up is highly encouraged and probably the most fun thing to watch for those of us who aren't squeamish at seeing throw up. Yeah. Um, but you have to leave the transition area of where you ate the donuts and start running again before you can do that. If you, if you vomit while you're eating, then it's a, a DNF. Um, for those who are lesser inclined to do that distance or that many donuts, I have the 5k version, which is six donuts and then run a 5k. And then for those this year, I'm opening it up because I'm like, how do you, how do you grow this? How do you make it bigger for those that aren't interested in doing a race where they're eating donuts and running at the same time, you can do a standard 5k or 10k course and take your donuts home with you. So there, there's four different race options this year. And, um, it's, it is what it is. I mean, if you like donuts, whether you want to eat them while you're running or not, um, choice is up to you. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting idea. Cause it, it was one of those things at first, cause I like donuts and I was like, Oh, this sounds amazing. And then I thought about it for a minute. And I'm like, run a 5k down a, a dozen donuts and then start running again. And I'm just, I'm thinking of the sugar and that donut just sitting in my gut as I start to run. And I'm like, yeah, the puking option sounds good at that point. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the first year we did it, that's basically what Taylor did was he um, kind of a puke and rally type of concept. He, he ran after eating the donuts. And as soon as he cleared his stomach, he was like, okay, I'm good to run now. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, lessons learned sort of over the years, the faster you eat the donuts, the better. So we used to have a non-competitive option where you could like, run the 5k pick up your donuts and then take them back with you on the other 5k and you just couldn't finish until all the donuts were done and what we learned was that the people who ran out there ate their donuts in five minutes put it down before their stomach realized that they were full whereas the people who were walking back they got back and they had like four donuts left and they just couldn't eat them because they were so full and so disgusted of eating the donuts that they they didn't want them their stomach was rejecting them oh so there, there's yeah. been some lessons learned over the years well and i mean that's it i mean it's like with any any kind of race that you do something different it's like you, that first time is that lesson like okay how is this really gonna work and then you do it and you're like okay now we some things we need to do you know different for next time and all that kind of stuff even as a racer you're like oh okay that didn't work let's sure. let's try this next time yeah, because I've done a race once where it was like you did the race and they gave you a donut at the end. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But never done one where I actually had to eat the donuts and then start running again. I was like, I think the only one that I did that was almost as bad as I did a beer one where you had to run. a. It was a 5K, but you ran a mile, chugged a beer, ran another mile, chugged a beer, ran another mile, chugged a beer, and then like finished the, ten, the like tenth of a mile to get to 5K. And it was like by that third one. Oh, 
Yeah. I mean, a beer mile sounds okay because you're doing it so fast, but a 5K, like your body has time to realize what's happening to it. Yeah. Yeah. And by that third one, you're, you've got the, the, the bubbly beer in your, in your gut and you're like, Oh, like trying to chug that third beer. It was, yeah. You were almost, you were like oh, the whole time you're like trying to drink it because your stomach's like no more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I could definitely see that. Like, just get it all in there before it realizes what's happening. Yeah. If you got to, if you got to vomit while you're running, go ahead, do it. Just get it all in there and then get out of the, you know, start the run. Hmm. That does sound like an interesting. So when is that in October? October 21st. And this will actually be the first year where it's a fundraiser for a nonprofit. That is 4D recovery. And they are based here in Oregon. They actually just got like some business thing where they're going to start branching into Washington. But for right now, they're just in Oregon. Um, what they do is help teens ages 18 to 24 that the system has kind of neglected or missed and didn't exactly do right by. And they mm-hmm. either fell onto some bad habits or drugs or different things, alcohol that, you know, led to their life going in a path that wasn't necessarily where they wanted to go. And they've realized that. And now they're on the road to recovery and you know, it's harder for people like that to get jobs and different things. And so they have community centers where they can go and hang out with other people who are like them. And, you know, instead of hanging out at a bar, they're hanging out playing pool with other people who also now don't drink or whatever their situation is. And they do like different scenarios to help them build up their resumes and get different jobs. And they have different ties within the community to help people who are specifically looking to hire people like that. Cause there are companies that have programs to hire specifically people um, in those situations and give them a second shot. So they're an organization that helps with that. And, and that's awesome. That's one of those things I've seen, um, you know, between like people in my life when I was younger um, and, you know, other friends that I have now, and then like friends, kids, going through issues like that where you know it's really tough that once you decide you want out of that lifestyle to get out of it because like you said all of a sudden now a lot of times you have like your work history may not look that good because well when you're when you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or one of the other ones any of those issues or even just you know some like depression issues your your work history doesn't look good because it's harder to keep a job and then so it's harder to get a job. And then other times you may have criminal things that kind of tie into that because of, you know, the the bad behaviors you're into. So it makes it harder to get a job. Plus just getting away from those people. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times those are the people you went to high school with, especially when you're 18 to 24, you went to high school. These are your good friends, whatever. They're still in the lifestyle. So trying to get out of it, you need that whole new group to help you. And I know a lot of people who've had to just literally move away. Yeah. It sucks to say it, but those people who are still in that lifestyle don't necessarily want what's best for you. And they want to see you stay in that lifestyle with them, because if you succeed and they don't, it makes them feel even worse. Mm-hmm. And so they'll do anything they can to keep pulling you down. Yeah, it sucks. And it does. And I mean, it's one of those things that's part of addiction. And I mean, it's one of, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say bad things or anything like that or really like 
I guess, you know, defend people that do that. But at the same time, it's part of addiction. And it's one of those things that's going to happen. If you stay in that group, like, oh, I'm just going to stay around them, but I'm just not going to do it. I'll it's tough. Yeah, I was going to save them. Yeah, now I'm going to save them. And then it just draws you right back into it. I mean, I've seen it way too many times with people um, who, like I said, I have uh, a good friend. Her daughter worked for me for a while and um, she had to just move away because it was one of those things she got, you know, the hook because of pain pills so stuff like that so and i mean it's one of those things that it's not doesn't make them a bad person just bad oh. things happen yeah. you know it's happened i've seen a lot of it now especially with the opioid epidemic because i remember when i broke my foot they were giving me 64 percocets a week and i'm like stop i i don't need this i yeah. was like for one i know i like them so stop giving them to me <laughs> so yeah uh, to tie that all back into OCR, I know that there are lots of people that I've met through obstacle course racing who, I mean, whether you want to say it's trading one addictive habit for another, I mean, at least it's a more healthy habit that induces, you know, you gave up smoking, you gave up drinking, you gave up drugs, you gave up whatever, you might be investing all your time and money and energy into this new thing, but you're healthier, you're doing more things, you're engaged in a positive community of people who want to see you succeed. I mean, we all have addictive tendencies, maybe, mm -hmm. whether that's good or bad. I'm not to say, but, you know, it's better than the alternative, I guess. It is. It's one of those things. It's, I, I think it's kind of like they always say, take your, 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 the negatives about you, I guess, and they're not really negatives, but the, you know, whatever you you do with your life, if you're in a, you know, you have an addictive personality, find an addiction that works, you know, OCR athletes, I mean, working out every day, running every day, whatever, find an addiction that is healthy for you rather than addiction that that is not. And I think that's a tough one is, you know, we've most of our lives, most of us are taught that, you know, to deal with things, we we drink or we do drugs or we do that to like numb the pain of life. And it's like, really, I mean, honestly, working out, doing all that kind of stuff numbs it, but in a different way and a healthier way. You know, I've had found so many times during COVID when I was the depression was hitting and everything else because we couldn't see anyone. We couldn't do anything. You know, you're worried about what's happening with life that rather than turning and grabbing a bottle, I just went for a run. Yeah. And I got a much better high and came away from it feeling better where the, you know, grabbing a bottle and drinking just put me farther into a depression where running actually brought me out of it, you know? So, I mean, you know, it's, it's gets yourself a better addiction. Yeah, definitely. Like running and eating donuts. Yes. Please <laughs> come to the race and support 4D. Yeah. Which I mean, and that is amazing. I mean, it's great to see a, a, a nonprofit that's doing that kind of thing, you know, and supporting that nonprofit. So that's awesome. So, so how do people find you? So the website is corefitnesspdx.com uh, or the Instagram is just corefitnesspdx. Um, that's kind of the overall arcing brand of my business and then on one side of it is core training and the more known or more of what I do is core events um, I don't have a ton of personal training availability but like I am putting on constantly events um, so even though like most of the branding will say core events the overall arcing umbrella is core fitness pdx okay so we'll make sure to put links for that up there too so what other events do you have do you have any more virtuals coming up 
So yeah, actually, uh, the next virtual event is in July. Registration ends July 7th. Um, but the challenge itself is for the whole month of July, and it's called the Double Down Challenge. The goal is to add a minimum ride 100 miles on your bike, but then you can obviously double down and do 200. So instead of going for like a single century ride, which obviously you could do, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, a century ride is 100 miles in one go. Um, it's basically taking that concept and doing a century ride over the distance of a month, making it a little bit easier for someone who isn't necessarily a hardcore cyclist like myself. I use cycling as supplements to running a uh, cross-training method. And so when I do this challenge, I think this is the third year now, and I have never successfully doubled down. Actually, for me, getting 100 miles in a month on a bike is pretty tough, let alone 200. Um, but then there's people who are doing four, 500, 600 miles on their bikes easy. Um, and so one of the cool things about all of my like virtual challenges and stuff is they come with a coin. It's a two inch like challenge coin. Mm -hmm. And the front it will have the logo of the event along with the core logo on the outside of it. But then on the back, it has the ability for me to engrave the year, how many miles or whatever that you got. So then you can keep that coin and compete against yourself year after year. So if you were to get, say, 400 miles, it would say four times on the coin. Because, like I was saying, the point is to do at least 100 miles, mm -hmm. which would be your one times to double down two times, three times, four times. And then so the next year, you can be like, all right, last year I did four times. This year I want to do five times. Um, whatever that looks like for you. And, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily about beating your score from the year before sometimes it's about uh say you rode two times a week and this time you want to ride three times a week or whatever type of personal goal you want to put within that challenge that's up to you um and so i have people that come back year after year and they just try to race against themselves basically which is why virtual challenges are a thing and why i'll continue to put them on I like that one. That, that might, that's one I'm definitely gonna have to look to. I'm gonna have to log in there and get that one. Cause that's, I, I, like I said, I challenge myself. I want to hit hundred miles a month on the bike. I have yet to do it. I think the most I've gotten is 70. Well, let's make month. it a higher month. So July is going to have to be my month. And the hard part is it's like the hard part that it becomes is once you hit the summer months, mm -hmm. you have so many events on weekends where that's where you would do your long rounds, your long rides. And that's kind of the big problem that I've had is during the winter months, you don't want to go outside because it sucks. Um, and then during the summer months, you have a race almost every weekend. And because we only have races, you know, for four or five months out of the year, that July month becomes, you know, a tough time to go ride. Yeah. As a general rule, uh, year after year, I find that when May hits, things start to get crazy. And then from June to October, it's there's something every weekend whether it's an event or a wedding or something mm -hmm. else, it, there's no free weekends and if no. by some chance something gets canceled or something happens and you're like wow i'm actually free this weekend you're like all right let's make the most of it let's do something yeah but yeah and that is the, the the tough one so 
That's one that, yeah, I'll have to look at that. I definitely want to do that one because that's one like, because that's one thing most people know is that um, coming out of COVID, I kind of backed off on the OCRs a little bit and went more triathlon. Yeah. So I've been doing more of the triathlon. So that's kind of why I've got the bikes now and I ride as much as I can. But I, I've been finding, depending on where you go, you need a different type of bike. <laughs> so, yeah. Your, your Ironman was like a month ago. Yeah. No, it was back in September. I haven't done another one since. So now it was September. So I want to do, I want to do another, but the problem that I ran into, like I said, in September, I hurt my knee when I I did, I wrecked on the Ironman and I, my knee hit. And so I did something to my knee and I've been kind of babying it. But I, like I said, I think I babied too long. So, cause it's at a time now my knee's fine, but now when I'm running, I'm, I gained probably 40 pounds. Mm Mm-hmm. So the weight because makes it harder. The to... weight makes it more. So now it's a matter of getting the weight gone again and, you know, get back to it. So that was kind of like I said with Brian, we were doing the, I did a ride on Saturday, but it was a shorter ride and then did uh, the swim run, you know, Sunday. So I've been doing more and more and I did about what a, we did a 36 mile ride last weekend. So, so trying to get more rides in again and get all that stuff and get the the body back to where I should be. And that's yeah. the hardest part, especially once you hit like a certain age. I mean, it's it does really be- tough to make it go away, but it's really easy to make it come back. Sure. Absolutely. So I think at any age, that's a problem. But as you get older, it certainly yeah. becomes more difficult. It does. And I mean, I'm nowhere near where I was before COVID, which I'm, I never want to see myself get back to there, but I'm, I'm above where I want to be. So I want to drop down. I need to drop about 30 pounds to get back to where I should be. I mean, you know it, you recognize it and you're actively working to achieve it. So, well, the biggest mistake I made is I had myself, you know, a diet figured out for everything, all that kind of stuff, but I didn't change the diet when I changed my workouts. So I was still eating and doing everything and the, taking the in the intake for someone who was running a hundred miles a month. Sure. And I wasn't running hundred miles a month. So my body's like, oh, hey, you got all this fuel that you're putting in me and no, you're not burning it. So now it's a matter of getting myself back into burning it and burning it in different ways. Like I said, I want to start mixing it more swimming, biking and running kind of put rowing everything else to kind of get the whole body into it. So, yeah. yeah. So you've got that one in July. Do you have any other? Uh, so for anyone who's hardcore enough, though, there's one that is actually open all year round and the registration for it never really ends. It just kind of all of a sudden transfers from like this year would say it's a 2023 event. And then all of a sudden on January 1st, it becomes a 2024 event. Um, but what it is, it's called the 24 hour marathon. How that works is when you sign up, you just find some date that you're going to run and do this because it's a virtual challenge it's on your own and the goal is to do 1.1 mile every hour on the hour for 24 hours and when you're done you've done 26.4 miles which is just over a marathon or you can do the ultra version which is 2.1 miles on the hour every hour for 24 hours and you get 50 miles i think it's 50.4 to be exact um and then same as all the other virtual challenges, when, when you've signed up for that, I'll engrave the coin with the year and it'll say finisher. And, and if you wanted to collect a different coin every year, you could, and you could have 10 of these 24 hour marathon coins and say, Hey, I've done this challenge every year for 10 years straight. 
Um, the marathon certainly has more finishers than the ultra marathon this year. Um, actually just a couple months ago was the first ultra finisher. Uh, so I think maybe I'll make that a goal for next year, uh, for me to do the ultra. Cause I've done the regular marathon one twice now. So. Yeah. That'd be an interesting one to try and do. Yeah. Cause then you have to stay up all night. I mean, yeah. I, I guess it's going to be no different than like when I'm doing, you know, the CSU 24, you start sun, Saturday at 7am and you just keep running until Sunday at 7am and see how many miles you can get. So, yeah, I think last this year, one, I did... this one, you can pick your start and end time, whatever you want it to be. Um, but typically we try to go for a seven to seven type feel and the 3am time frame gets really tough. Yes. You're, you're really wanting to go to bed and the lactic acid buildup from running and stopping running and running and stopping running because you're confusing your body. It thinks it's going to go into recovery mode, but 40 minutes or whatever isn't long enough to actually recover. So it exponentially hurts as opposed to starting running and not stopping because mentally your brain hasn't said, okay, this is it, we're done. And so therefore your body hasn't gone into that recovery mode yet because you're still going. But when you do the 24 hour marathon, it's like, run, 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 run. Okay, we're done. And your body's like, cool, relax. Ah. And then you're like, hey, no, we're going to run again. And yeah. over the course of several hours of that, the fatigue just starts to get real crazy. I could see that. Yeah. Cause that would be kind of the, the totally confusing your body. Cause even like with Sisu, I'm still, I'm moving the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I might stop for half an hour, 45 minutes grab something to eat but other than that i mean i'm not running hard the whole time but i'm at least moving and hiking the whole time i think last year i did 38 miles on yeah. the sisu so i mean it's but it's still you know like you said you're not doing that run a mile stop for a little bit wait go run another mile stop for a little bit wait that would be an interesting one i mean you certainly could stop for a little while if you wanted to but yeah um yeah, so like I was saying, that one you can sign up for at any point in time. And like all virtual challenges, technically you could do it without ever signing up for it. You could never even tell me you did it if you didn't want to. But like all virtual challenges, if you want the medal or the shirt or whatever, you've got to officially sign up for it. Yeah. So I have a not really a leaderboard, but a finisher board for the marathon and the ultra marathon. And I'll send you the coins engraved with whatever year you had accomplished a virtual challenge in so at least you're getting something for your register. Yeah. that's awesome so that's another one of those ones so that one sounds pretty cool so what other ones you got so yeah let's give a, a broad overview in i mean yeah february, let's let's talk about all of them in february every year every year it's the elevation challenge it's mm -hmm. called fighting elevation blazer which is feb february um the goal of that one is to on foot gain as much elevation as you can in the month of February. It's typically a 28 day challenge, but I believe next year will be a leap year. So you'll get 29 days. Um, a good goal for that one that some people try to go for is Everesting, which is 29029, which is just over a thousand feet a day. Other people just go for as much elevation as they can, five, six, 7,000. No. Uh, and then my brother, who's a maniac, is actually doing like 40,000 feet in the month, which I think by ultra runners and trail runner standards isn't really that a lot. Some, some of those guys do that every other day, but yeah, um, he's doing it in Pennsylvania in February on the road. 
So that's quite the challenge. That does sound like cool. <laughs> yeah, like zero degree snowy days. Yeah. I, was saying, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it first until you said, and then I thought of the Pennsylvania and I'm like, oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, he's getting it done. Hey, but that's, I mean, that's killing it. Get out your little um, spikes and go for it. And then in May, you have May We Run. In July, you have July, the Double Down Challenge. And then the 24-hour marathon. So those are the four virtual events that I hold every year. And then for in-person events, you have the Showdown, which is my biggest event. And it's a hybrid fitness competition. Athletes compete in several challenges that rank their speed strength and endurance and kind of their overall fitness and then if they're in the top number of athletes they qualify to move on to the head-to-head battles that kind of eliminate them to the point where there's one winner who the male winner gets a thousand dollars female winner gets a thousand dollars and um it kind of tests a little bit of everything and there's a little bit of OCR obstacle type stuff in there, but nothing like a rig or overhead monkey bars or anything like that. But it's kind of like a DECA, maybe uh, a DECA strong, if you want, wanted to say um, in, in the final event yeah. of, of the showdown. Um, and then I have two grip related events, which is grip games and grip masters revenge. One's in April and one's in November every year. And for those who don't know, grip sport is an offshoot from strongman. It started as all these like 300 pound strongman type dudes grabbing weird shaped devices and trying to lift as much weight while holding on to those things as possible. And it started, you know, in like their garages. And they've got hundreds of pounds of weights and all these different things, and they do all this crazy stuff. And um one of those groups of guys that do workouts from their garage is called couch potato strong in vancouver washington and taylor Overmiller actually introduced me to them and they do all this stuff all the time and i was like whoa this is totally functional for obstacle course racing and building grip strength and as i started to build events i built two around it and um Rock climbers and obstacle course racers, even though smaller, actually do a really, really good job at weight to strength ratio. So grip games itself is scored as a ratio of your body weight to how much you lift, whereas most events are overall strength. Mm -hmm. Um, How that works is there's three different implements and you just, you have a set amount of time to try and lift as much weight as you can with those implements. And then you get scored, like I said, weight to body weight to weight lifted. And then you get ranked as a ratio score against everybody else who competed. And then whoever has the highest ratio wins. And then grip masters revenge is the second one in the fall. And it's a farmer carry a battery hold, which is like, one out in front of you mm-hmm. and then uh, a deadlift uh, using one of the grips that I actually make myself and it's called the core grip it's what is known in grip sport as a blob um, it's basically just a cylindrical object that you can grab either like a doorknob and turn or like um, so like either like a doorknob 
or you can do like a top grip, a trend lift. Um, and so that one is scored as a ratio of who does the best in each event. If you're the number one person, you get one point. If you're second, you get two. And then it's like golf. So whoever has the lowest score at the end is the winner. Um, and there's a bunch of different weight classes. So you're not going to be a 120 pound person going against a 300 pound person who is obviously going to farm or carry a lot more weight than you are. All right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in October is going to be the great donut race. And that one sounds fun too. So that's a, I mean, it's awesome to have all those different events and they're different. I mean, that's one of the things I've always loved about like the endurance, adventure racing, OCR, all of those things. You end up getting these different types of events out of them and you get something different where, you know, that's one of my biggest complaints that I've had about some of these, you know, the bigger companies, they're all cookie cutter races. I can get the same race here in Seattle that I'm going to get in Dallas, that yep. I'm going to get in Florida, maybe with a little bit of different terrain and that's it. That but, was that was the original draw to Spartan. And I believe, aside from the fact that they did really well at marketing, the fact that they were rugged, unpredictable courses, and they were all so drastically different, I believe that's why they did so well. And mm -hmm. this whole like shift that they're going to is kind of just yeah turning people away because it's just like going to another local 5k you know what to expect you know what you're going to mm -hmm. do you know what your time is approximately going to be and you yeah i mean that's it i mean I, like i said i mean it's, it's different different terrain but the same obstacles over and over again i mean i can remember you know way back in 15 16 you know even 17 where it was you didn't know all of a sudden you come around the corner and you're like what in the hell is that mm-hmm and that's what I love about going to different events where it's like the innovation where all of a sudden you're like, what is that? And I miss that. What not, is not that? Not only were they innovating new obstacles because it was still a relatively new thing, but they weren't telling you what the obstacles no. were going to be on the map. No, they, they were just empty spots. There's an obstacle here. But I think the, the the map should say there's a start obstacle somewhere in here and then a finish. Yeah. Don't. Don't tell me what they are. I don't even want to know what the turns are. Yeah. Just, you know, if I was going to draw a map for, if I was going to create one and draw a map, I'd just put a start, a big thing that says obstacles and then finish, yeah. figure out the rest as you go. And that's the way it should be. Cause I mean, that was what was great about it. You were shocked. You'd come around a corner and be like, Oh crap. You that's know, a lot of these scrambles and adventure races where they just tie ribbons to a tree and you've got a spot from ribbon to ribbon or you get a lot. I mean, it's these types of races are definitely drawing people right now because mm -hmm. it's fun. It's, it's different and it's fun. And I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, you're, yeah, it's not the same thing over and over again. And that's what I, I love about the innovation. And I love the idea of this stuff here. I mean, that's all stuff that I haven't seen before. I mean, the grip strength, everything like that, which is a huge thing. Yeah. You know, you need that in rock climbing, you need it in OCR, you need it in so many different things that, I mean, it'd be great that, you know, those grip events and I mean, you're throwing the, the donut one in there because it, it kind of goes against everything we're supposed to know because everyone tells you when you get in the fitness, you're not supposed to eat donuts, but now we're going to make you run a 5k and eat the donuts and then run another 5k. I mean, it's awesome. I, I love the idea of just throwing new things in there and making it fun again. The one thing I've 
tried to avoid is just doing another 5k event, which this year I am opening up the donor race to include a 5k and a 10k in order to build the race as a whole. But, you know, the main draw of it is the version where you are eating the donuts. And that's kind of what core events, core fitness PDX slogan is, is bringing unique events to the PNW. And I want them all to be different than what everything else you're doing is. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, I've stepped away from OCR as much and gone more into like triathlon because it was something different from what I was doing. But at the same time now it's like, okay, triathlon, I swim, ride a bike, run. It's like, it's fun, but at the same time, it's like, okay, what's the next challenge? (laughs) You know, but I want something, you know, like I know Brian, one of my friends doing the one, I think he came down for the the showdown. Um, Brian case, he's yep. doing, uh, it's called the, the big hurt, which yes. it's two different type of bikes, kayaks, other stuff thrown in there. And I'm like, now you're starting to, you know, you know, I, it's, that's the kind of stuff I want to see something where it's a completely like, not something that I can go find anywhere in the U S any weekend. I want something that I have to come here to do it. Whole pedal paddle. Yeah. Or you ski down a mountain, you do some biking, and then you paddle a kayak. Now that would be amazing. Yeah. If I knew how to ski. <laughs> but hey, it's always time to learn. When I first started doing triathlons, or after the very first one I did, I basically, I don't know if you you saw it, but after I did the first one, I post and said, who wants to teach me how to swim? Yeah. Because yeah. I want to do, you know, I want to go bigger and better, but I know I'm not good enough at swimming to do this. So... For, for anyone who, who listens to this, uh, when is the last time you tried something new? That is the question. When is the last time? For me, it was doing the crazy thing this week and the, the swim, run, swim, run, swim, run. But I mean, but it's one of those things that like when we're doing it, it's like, this sucks. But at the end of it, we're like, yeah, but we felt so good after. And it just kind of gave us like the, a different feeling than what we're used to. And that's kind of it. And I think that's where a lot of people get burn out just running every day it's like okay throw something new in yep. make a challenge out of it you know try First something mile. oh yeah that's that one's brutal so <laughs> <laughs> there's a few different versions of that one yeah um, but yeah i mean as as a whole core core events has a lot of different things to offer and some people are interested in trying each and every single one of them because they're all slightly different and they all challenge them in a different way and some people are only interested in doing one of them and that's okay. Yeah. But it's the event that they're most interested that draws them out of their comfort zone from everything else they do in their life. So most no. of the time they're doing running and now they're like, well, let me once a year eat some donuts while I'm running. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, we hear it so much that, I mean, it's almost become, you know, whatever, but get comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, if you're comfortable, there's a problem. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, after COVID and everything like that, I kind of started stepping away from the OCR because I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's what I've been doing forever. And it's, there's no surprise to it. All of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I know that obstacle. I know the trick to this one. I know how to do this one. Cause I've done it over and yeah. over again, you know, and there's none of that come around the corner and go, oh, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I'm missing is I'm missing that. What the hell? Because then I have to think about it. Then it's a whole new, like all of a sudden I failed it. And you're like, okay, I failed. Why did I fail? What do I have to do to fit, to, to make sure I don't fail this again? But if it's the same obstacle I've seen over and over again, I know how to do it. Yeah. 
You know, I want something new. I want a challenge. And that's what it sounds like. A lot of stuff you've got going is it's a challenge. I mean, it's a whole new challenge. And I mean, I mean, I've heard some of the other stuff you've done. I mean, you, you think outside the box. You're not just like, okay, what's going to be the, you know, what's going to be the easiest way to do this. It's like, what's going to mess with people's brain the most. I like that part. Yeah. What's going to make me. And like I said, for me, I want that come around the corner and go, Oh, are you kidding me? Call it sick or twisted. But when somebody comes around the corner and says, what the, I'm like, yeah. 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 But I mean, it's one of those things. And I mean, it's, but it's trained us all. It's like, what the, but then we look at it and say, okay, but now how do I do it? You know? And that's, but that's what I love. And that's what I miss. So I'm looking forward to, to some, the, to your events. I mean, I definitely want to do the July one because that's going to get me going on the bike some more. So yeah, I got, I got a bunch of running events. Fun. Yeah. Got some running events that month, but you know, I can get the bike out too. I typically get like five rides in and I try to go like 20 miles a ride. Whether that's the best strategy or not, I don't seem to be able to find the time to do more than five rides. Yeah. And that's what I was just thinking. I mean, it's tough to get into because I mean, for like work, because me and I, you know, I work full time, but then I also do comedy some nights. So it's like I go straight from work to comedy. So I don't get a lot of time in between. So it's usually the weekends. But then, like I said, the weekends are running. So I've got a few events in July. I'm doing the Ragnar, which is two days out right out the door, gone, you know. So that's a weekend pretty much out there that I can't do it. And a couple of I am doing a triathlon that month, but that's, you know, so that'll give me one bike ride, but it's a shorter triathlon. So it's only a sprint. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'm sure I can figure out how to get at least a hundred. Let's do it. Right on. Sounds good. All right. Well, do you have anything else to, to say to the listeners while I got you? Or... Be better today than you were yesterday. And I hope to see you at an event soon. All right. Sounds good. And like I said, we'll put up links to all your, your events and your website and all that stuff for you. And uh, we will, we will talk to you again soon. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook, like, and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. (laughs) 